Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you happen to be watching us in the great wide world brought together by the internet, either on Facebook Live or on our Spotify and SoundCloud options. I'm John Morgo with the last three guys to do a podcast. Coming to you from our remote location here as we catch a little bit of a break in between the two championship games for the Super Bowl. The AFC game just finished in a particularly wild affair. The Kansas City Chiefs had a 21-10 halftime lead. They lose it. Cincinnati Bengals tie it up 24-24 and then in overtime Patrick Mahomes throws an interception and what does Joe Burrow do? Well he marches the length of the field sets up a game winning chip shot field goal and the Cincinnati Bengals are your AFC champions. Something not seen since the days of Kenny Anderson back in the late 80s. You had Icky Woods on the uh, sideline doing the Icky Shuffle. So apparently it's the late 80s are back in fashion, or maybe they never really went out of style. So um, 1988, I was a senior at Marist High School, so apparently I'm going back there in the morning. So again, here's, I'm here with Leon Brown, Daniel Bolton, calling in today to discuss that, get you ready for the NFC Championship going on. It's going to start in a few minutes between the Rams and the Niners. We're also going to be talking a little Atlanta Hawks. Hawks have gotten themselves back into the playoff picture with a seven-game win streak culminated by an exciting come-from-behind victory against the L.A. Lakers. And this is the midst of the schedule where if the Hawks are going to do anything, this is the time. This is when they did it last year. But, guys, let us start with the AFC Championship. The Bengals come back. And as we were discussing before we got on air, Leon says, is this more about the Bengals or the Chiefs? Did the Bengals win it? Or did the Chiefs blow it? And I think that especially with that late pick by Patrick Mahomes, you got to argue that the Chiefs blew it. Oh, yeah, clearly. Anytime you're up 21, anytime you're up 21-10 by at halftime and you only go on to score three points in the second half, including overtime, that's critical. And, and on top of that, hold on, hold on, time out, because, you know, we can say, well, this is the NFL. This is any given Sunday. These are all professionals getting paid millions of dollars, coaching staff, coaching staff. But at the same time, the Chiefs, as the playoff veteran, and the word Daniel from, from last week, since they don't even know, that they're, 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 they're kind of like right on house money. They don't even know what they're doing at this point. No, they're they a team full of rookies. Team full of rookies. We all I don't believe. Go, go, go ahead, John. No, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. You're on a roll. Yeah, but these guys, these are people who are some rookie football receiver. I'm pretty much a rookie quarterback because he got hurt last year, so he's still on he's still on rookie experience. Can come into the playoffs. We're talking about a team that just won two games last year. These guys won two games last year and won arguably the largest three games. Of the franchise history thus far. I mean, they've made the Super Bowl two times beforehand, but this year, you know, to win more games in the playoffs than you actually did in the whole entire season last year, I don't think I've ever seen that before, guys. No, no, you ha well, you have it, but I gotta, I gotta look something up here, Daniel. You take it because you have some very. So, uh, let me, let me, let me, let me add some additional points here and make a couple of corrections here. 
first off, let's let's say congratulations to the Cincinnati Bengals. Who? The Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, folks. That, that's right. The the, the who they nation. The, a team who has won who previous the last previous the previous two seasons won a total of six games. They won four games last year and they won just two two years ago. Okay? It is the best turnaround. It, it is the uh, the actually the best turnaround in a two year span in history. All right, so that's number one. Number two, they're going back to the Super Bowl for the first time since nineteen since the nineteen eighty eight eighty nine season, and that season a man by the name of Boomer Esiason was their quarterback, and he's actually and ironically enough he's actually uh, uh, on the uh, on the panel for CBS uh, for NFL Today, and and that's got to be something special there. Um, thirdly, I, I, I don't want to shortchange the Cincinnati Bengals here, and I damn sure don't want to shortchange the Kansas City Chiefs. They had a 21-3 lead. It was 21-10 at halftime, but at one point it was 21-3. Yes. Kansas City had, blow, had went out. This was an 18-point lead by the Kansas City Chiefs. It is tied for the, for the largest comeback in championship game history. Of course, that it, it ties with the year uh, Peyton Manning and the Indianapolis Colts came back on the New England Patriots by that same score, 21-3. to And they came back, won the game, eventually won the Super Bowl. To me, so I'm giving the Bengals their flowers. Joe Burrow is great. He is awesome. He is, he is everything I thought he was going to be. That LSU National Championship run that he went on for that one year, that wasn't a fluke, man. That was real. He got up. He led this team. This is a second-year quarterback who came back from an ACL injury and led this team to victory. Hey, man, I'm eating my crow right now because I am, like Leon said, I'm the guy that said that this team does not know what's going on. They do now. You win the AFC, you know what's happening. You know what's about to happen. Zach Taylor was on the hot seat coming into this season. He was on the hot seat. His, his seat was probably burning more than, than any other coach in the league that was on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. His seat was taken, was about to be taken, and now you got to get that man an extension. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, yeah you're you got to you, you have to. You, you take this team to the Super Bowl. It, it, nothing to you go into Kansas City. Kansas City. And and you beat mighty mighty Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. You outdoer those guys. That's that's amazing to me. And if he wins the Super Bowl, he will be the third quarterback in NFL history to win a national title and uh, a, a Super Bowl. And ironically, the likes and ironically, of, he'll be the not only will he be the third player, he'll be the third player named Joe. Named Joe, yes, Name he will be Montana. the third player named Joe. Name is in Montana. What names? What crazy names? He would be the third guy. And so if you so if you want a quarterback, and you want to birth a quarterback, name him Joe. Yes. <laughs> okay. Just just name him Joe. Uh, but to me, guys, I got to talk about Kansas City. That offense is potent. It is elite. They jumped out to a twenty-one-three lead and they let it go. I think this was a collapse by. Kansas City a little bit more than it was a Bengals victory. I, I'm giving the Bengals the credit. I am. They were able. They weren't able to touch Mahomes at the first half, and all of a sudden in the fourth quarter they get what, three sacks yep. and nearly fumbled the ball away. We didn't even get to overtime. And 
he got the ball to start overtime. Right. Like he did against Buffalo last week. And what did he do this time? He throws an interception. Mm-hmm. So it's to me, the the Chiefs just could not keep their foot on the pedal for some reason. I think it was a collapse. And and I'm going to say 64. I'm going to say it was a 60% collapse, but 40% Bengals. Bengals are tough, man. They they are tough, and they are really, really good. This is a real. This is an excellent football team. And I'm I gave them I'm giving them that prop, but I'm going to say 60-40 collapse versus. I'm going to say 60-40 Chiefs losing it more so than the Bengals winning it. And you can't fault the NFL the uh, overtime rules. Kansas City nope. had the chance; they couldn't convert because of that yes. because of that interception. So the Chiefs had the chance. But again, I'm I'm taking it to the end of the first half. They've got the ball inside the ten. Do the Chiefs? They instead of going for points, they try to swing pass to uh, they they try to they try that swing pass, and it didn't go anywhere. They. Cincinnati blew it up before the guy could get to the corner. Go for the field goal. They they left points on the field, and suddenly those three points become the difference in the game. Yep. Perry Kill had it, and he tried to make the conversion. He tried to swing inside, couldn't do it. Again, those three points were the points in the ball game, and I'm sure that Andy Reid is going to get second guessed to death about why he did not go to the field for the field goal. And, and I'm going to say this before uh, Leon makes a point. I know he's about to get ready to make a point, but I'm going to say this. I know there's not, there's really no such thing as a quote-unquote great loss or a good loss, but this was the kind of loss Kansas City needed because they had been getting away with making slick plays or just just doing whatever they feel like they can do. But at one point in time, that's all they were doing. Mm-hmm. Kansas City could get away with highway murder at, at – points of times in a game and you just be like wow he no other team can pull off plays like that like 13 seconds last week no other team could have done that right no other team could have done what Mahomes did no other team can have guts like the Kansas City Chiefs this offseason next year they're going to be a more focused football team and they they have to get to a point where the fun and games have to be over with yes you have fun but you got to take care of business. Now it's business. Mm-hmm. Somebody that took our crown and 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 looked like they're about to possibly win the Super Bowl, and all of a sudden we're sitting at home. <laughs> no, that's not how that goes. And Patrick Mahomes was not expected to be in the Pro Bowl. Was not expected to play in the Pro Bowl game this year. No, he's and now he and now he has a choice. He's headed to Vegas now. <laughs> But ordinarily, a lot of people would want to go to Vegas, although Patrick has been there every year with when they're playing the because the Chiefs play the Raiders. And yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now: if the Bengals win this thing, opening Thursday night, Bengal, uh if if the Chiefs have to go to Cincinnati, and I'm, I I have to look if they do because I know they're slated mm-hmm. to play. Um, let me think off the top of my I could probably figure this out off top my off the top of my head, uh, but mm-hmm. I'm going to say it right now. Chiefs at Bengals to start things off next season. I think, Why not? I think the Chiefs do have to go to Cincinnati next season. I think that's the way. Why the ro- not? That, I think that's the way the rotation goes. Yeah, if yeah, I think I think it is. And why not? Yeah, I would set all sorts yeah. of records. I would say 
the Chiefs on defense, you know, they did a pretty good at containing Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. You know, they they, they kind of made him look like a rookie during um this particular game. You know, he only had about what six. He, he went about six or fifty four. So that wasn't really he, he wasn't really um he had one touchdown and that's a little twenty two yard reception, but he wasn't really their largest problem on um on offense. Because, you know, Joe Burrow, he, he threw for about 250 yards, so they, they, they did a pretty good job in containing him just that second half. You know, the, the Cincinnati Bengals team that just, you know, they, they, they seem to have just figured it out. And if they can carry that trend of figuring things out, because I, I haven't seen a great second half display of excellence. I mean, I don't think, I mean, not with an SL like this. I would say they kind of remind me of Alabama a little bit. Because, you know, Alabama is known for figuring things out during the second half. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what Cincinnati did. So, you know. Now, do you guys believe that the rookie of the year has been decided already with Jamar Chase? Especially with him being on the team going so deep into the playoffs like all the time to yeah, he has the numbers. He has the numbers to get there, um, and to go to go along with it. Uh, I, I I think he could be. Uh, Michael Parsons has a, has a case as well. Um, I know Michael Parsons will probably be defensive rookie of the year, but uh, I think as far as overall uh, offense, uh, rookie of the year, I think I think Jamar Chase gets my nod. Yeah, because he wasn't a because he wasn't a complete total no show in that game. You know, he did you know make, make some of a difference. Well, he burned the he burned the Chiefs so much during Week 17, they had no choice but to key on him in this one, and they did a good yeah. job with it because he had 266 yards and a couple of touchdowns in that week in that victory that Cincinnati gave on Kansas City in that Week 17 ball game. And give credit for yeah, Cincinnati. You, you basically open up your entire playbook to beat Kansas City three weeks or was it four weeks ago, and you're still able to change things around just enough that you are, were able to beat them again. Yeah, it seems to me that Honey Badger kind of took that kind of took that a little personally and kind of kept a lid on that young man today. But that, that, that says a lot when you kind of attract. Um, that's attention like that, but at the same time, kudos for Joe Burrow for making his other wide receiver a priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, yeah. he changed it. He changed it around. He adjusted on the fly too. Yeah. So they both. And he had to become. He had to become the number one guy because they're tied in Ozuna. And I hope everything is okay with him. I hope his injury isn't serious. Yeah. He was carted off the field with an apparent knee injury. So hopefully. So, what Burrow had to do, Burrow had to rely on his run game. Uh, so, my JP Ryan got involved. He scored a touchdown. Mixon got some pretty good runs in. So, a lot of other guys had to come in and step up to the plate in the absence of Ozuna. Ozuna, by the way, went to North Gwinnett High School before he went to uh, Auburn. So, he is another local Georgia product. I saw him play once yep. in high school. Very good. That's when the Bulldogs were year-in, year-out stalwarts in the in the uh, Georgia football championships. So, we hope he's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, now the, the yeah, uh, uh, NFC has yep. started. San Francisco's got the ball first. Garoppolo 
trying to work his magic, but they are deep in their own territory. So again, we're gonna. Well, well actually, the Rams got the, the Rams got the ball first, and they went three and out. Okay. Okay, so they so they uh, punted and buried the Niners deep in their own territory. Now the Niners are going to be faced with a long play to make to make third down. But isn't it isn't it amazing that we've had now it's five straight NFL postseason games that have been decided by a last second field goal. The last two coming in overtime. It is. I don't, and I don't know if we've ever seen anything like that before, John. No, I don't. Leon, think I, it, it's. It's just been unbelievable, these playoffs. But this season, this, this is actually what you everybody should have expected. For a season to where, and, and I keep going back and saying this, a season to where this thing was wide open all the way to the end of the, of the regular season, where we just really don't, there's no real clear-cut favorite. The Cincinnati Bengals, who came in as a four seed, goes to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Knocks off the top two seeds in the AFC. They get their home. They get their uh, their home victory uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders. But to just come in and just and just shock the world and just and and play like they haven't shocked anyone. Right. Like they were expected to win. You know. And it's it's just unbelievable to watch. I, I think this is. This is one of the all-time great NFL seasons, and I hope we have plenty more seasons like this. And another thing about it, who picked the Cincinnati Bengals even win the division this year? Their fan base. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> really the only thing you can say. They were slated to pick the beef to finish last, and the, the North was supposed to be a fight between the Ravens and the Browns, and the Steelers would probably be in the mix of something like that. But they won the division, and now they win the AFC. It's amazing. So, do you believe that the success of Joe Burrow kind of makes the seat a little harder for for uh, for, for Baker Mayfield? Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably, yeah. Yeah, because remember the 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 Browns' biggest rivals are the Bengals, and now that they basically made a such a drastic turnaround and the Browns thought they were going to make this turnaround it just never it just never came about but now if you go right. into next season Cincinnati will have that target on their back you think Cincinnati is going to come up and surprise people like they did next season like they did this season no they're not going <laughs> to surprise anybody everybody is going to give nope. Cincinnati their best shot next season and that might give the Browns that opening they need to get back into the playoffs but again Baker Mayfield has to dedicate himself to rehab making sure he's 100% proving to the coaches he's 100% so that the coaches don't use this as, as an excuse in case they uh, in case they falter heading into the stretch I agree with that John no question about that yeah I don't. Yeah, and and Leon, you you bring up an interesting point. You bring up an interesting question because this was the season that we were all looking at Baker Mayfield to take that next step, um, not to to greatness, but maybe to stardom or maybe to superstardom. Well, it, I mean, just to be kind of, it would remove all the question marks that we have yeah. about him, whether or not he could be your guy week in week out, right? 
and we're still not 100%, we're still, no matter how hard he tries, we're still not 100% sure. No matter what he's done, he always finds some way to fall, the Browns find some way to falter, so questions keep arising. He doesn't, he doesn't do enough to satisfy all the questions. And of course, the yeah. questions the Browns want are division championships, playoffs. I, while I won't go that far, I will go contending. You know, be in yeah. that slot for the last week of the season, which they, which give it to their credit, they only dropped out second week. But given what was there and how open the AFC was, I mean, this is a this is an AFC as you mentioned it, Daniel, that was so wide open. I mean, Miami left for dead, loses seven straight, then they win seven straight and get into the conversation. Heck, if Miami hadn't lost the last game, week seventeen, we might be talking about the Dolphins sneaking in. So that's what the NFL and is. And we might be talking about Flores keeping his job. Yes, and that's and that's one thing that we're talking about. Uh, you know, whether or, you know, then that's the question with Mayfield. He has not silenced his critics, although critics, in, and to be fair, critics in Cleveland are a bit different than critics everywhere else, considering what how desperate they are and what they want. And honestly, it's that desperation that might be working against Mayfield robbing him of time that he needs to develop. And now that Burrow has actually engineered this first uh, worst of first turnaround so quickly, that is that has just made the uh, ladder that much steeper, that much more inclined. And I've got to feel that if Baker can't do it the next season, he's going to be out. And the Browns, that yes. is, and that will really set the Browns back. But again, that's that's just that's again that's one of the storylines you got going into next season. As it looks like the Rams, they got the ball back, and sure enough, Matt Stafford found Cooper Cup, which is what you got to do, and they're in San Francisco territory. Got to do what you yeah. got to do with this guy. Makes a great throw here, and and Cooper Cup is Mister Reliable. He's he won the Triple Crown in receiving, receiving yards, receptions, and touchdowns this season. Uh, clearly, the best receiver in football this year. No question. Yeah, and and guys, speaking of the Browns, I know you're like, why are we discussing the Browns on the day that a team went to the AFC Championship? Because this is a notable Browns player right now playing in the AFC Championship right now. I'm talking about OBJ. Yep. Yeah. Who's looking like the smartest guy in the room right now for most of the getting out of Cleveland? Can't believe it or not. Yeah, he is looking like the smartest guy in the room getting out of here. <laughs> Yes. And and he he makes everybody just look like <laughs> and, and and he basically says, "See, I told y'all so. All I had to do was listen." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, what do you think Joe Lennon's gonna do next year? Well, Joe is gonna be a part of it next year. Well, Atlanta is an interesting because, first of all, the Saints have lost Sean Payton. He's out. He's retired. They, the Bucks may be losing Tom Brady. We had a report from Adam Schefter yesterday that he was retiring, but now they're walking it back a little bit. Tom Brady hasn't officially announced that he's doing it. And maybe now that Brady has lost control of the narrative, narrative that he has gone to great lengths to keep hold of, heck, he, I, I've seen speculation that he might just play one more year out of spite, lead the Bucks to the championship, and then retire just to get control of that narrative back. Uh, I, if this does hold and he does hang it up, the NFC South is going to be in flux because 
the Buccaneers don't have a quarterback. The Saints are still trying to figure out if Winston is the guy. Carolina doesn't have a quarterback. They're going to need one in the draft. So really, Atlanta, with Matt Ryan, has got the only, really, the only settled position at quarterback. So that, and if the, if the Falcons, and again, we've said this ad hominem, ad nauseum, since time began. If the Falcons can improve the line, give Ryan time to get, to give Ryan time to stay upright, let him choose his targets, get that wide receiver, get that running game, you know, the Falcons will be okay. Their defense did get better last season. Uh, it went from putrid to passing. Still not good. I mean, still not in the top half of the NFL defenses. But and they did get boat raced a couple of times. But you know, they did show up on occasions, which is a big difference from last season, where they had, where they hardly showed up at all. They still need a pass rush, in which case, again, that's something else we've said about Atlanta the last couple of seasons. So they have holes. They're the same holes they've always had. And maybe, finally, they can do something. This new brain trust can do something about them. They have, Everything is set up for the Falcons to do well in the in the NFC South next season. They got the third place schedule, which means instead of avoiding Green Bay, we get Chicago. Avoiding Dallas, we get Washington. So those are, you know, winnable games there. Because the Browns, I mean, not the Browns, the Bears are growing. There's, I think they got to give Justin Fields a chance at number one just to see what they have. But they're going to have it. Bears are having a uh, new regime as well. Washington, kind of the same story. We don't, hopefully they'll have their nickname when we play them in the year. But this is the year that the Falcons make that move. And again, now that you've seen the turnaround the Bengals have done, everyone's going to say, why not us? And if you can't do it, then there's going to be drastic wholesale changes across the board. Oh, my gosh, an interception in the end zone. Man, I, I want to... You know, before I dive in, you know, to where Atlanta should fit, you know, of course we haven't even gotten the off season yet, so we don't know what we don't know what Tampa's going to do, we don't know what New Orleans going to do, we don't know what Carolina's going to do, we don't even know what the Falcons going to do. But before I dive into it, I, I do want to give an ode to Tom Brady. Um, Tom Brady, twenty-two years in this league, he is he has graced us um, seven Super Bowl wins. 10 Super Bowl appearances. That is the most, both of them are the most in NFL history. Six out of those seven Super Bowl wins, he architected a game-winning drive. Um, he goes to a, a hapless Tampa Bay team who had been the laughing stock of the NFC South and turns them into instant championship contenders and instant champions. Uh, He's the all-time leader in passing yards and passing touchdowns. Uh, wow. Uh, there's other there's uh, other records that this guy has. Um, he's just been he's just been that great. Um, he's a three-time NFL MVP. He's been to the Pro Bowl 15 times. He has the most career wins with 243. Uh, Needless to say, you can. A lot of people will, will 
compete him with Rice for a long time. I, I, I thought that Jerry Rice was the greatest of all time. And that, and that it still kind of holds true to me. Um, but, man, it, it's it's nobody. It's, it really right now is nobody in the league of Rice and, and Brady as far as all-time great. Uh-huh. I mean, it's it's not it's not really close. That's going to probably be the the debate the next five to ten years when he goes into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in twenty twenty seven maybe. So it's going to be that much of a debate for him. What I hope he does though, guys, I hope he plays in the Pro Bowl next week. Just to get that that last little taste out of your mouth, I hope he plays in the Pro Bowl next year. I, I really do. I really do. I think I think we deserve, and I think he deserves to go out. You know what I'm saying? To have fun. You know what I'm saying? I, that's just that's just how I feel about. It. But listen, I, I can't knock anything. I, I thought and I kind of felt that he was going to do that. Listen, man, when you're a family man and you play a rigorous sport like you do, just hearing the things that was coming out of, you know, that was coming out of reports and what he was saying, and you know, uh, he was on his podcast earlier this week and he mentioned family. Normally, Tom Brady always says that. The best championship uh, that I win is the next one. Right. The best ring I've ever had is the next one. He didn't say that this time. He mentioned his wife. He mentioned his three kids and what it's like to grow up. He's got a 9, 12, and 14-year-old right at the time when they need him. You got a kid going into high school, and then you got a 9-year-old, and then you got a 12-year-old that's, that's constantly growing. So now you don't miss those recitals. But the key thing is that when your wife say, when Giselle Bunchman, who is probably one of the most beautiful women in the world, say, uh, I cringe every time I see you, every time I see a, a defensive lineman hit you. Yeah. Yes. I'm a married man, so I know. <laughs> when, when the wife sees something and, and wants you to stick around and, and say, hey, we need you home, we need you home healthy. We have to listen. And I think that that was the biggest decision for Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Uh-huh. For him to sit home. He had nothing else to prove, guys. I, I mean, he could have retired five years ago and he still would have been a, a Hall of Famer. <laughs> he had nothing else to prove, bud. But he loved the game of football. And, and you know, somebody asked him, what's next after football? Life. Right. Life is next. Life is next. And and I just want to give my old to, to Tom Brady. As far as the NFC South goes, this thing is either going to be weak or it's going to be pretty good. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's that simple. If all four teams do not address elephants in the room, because both of them do, the Saints, they need a head coach and a football, and a, a football quarterback. Yep. Because, of course, Sean Payton decided that he wanted to step away from coaching for a little while, she stepped away from the Saints. The Carolina Panthers, they need a quarterback. They need to figure out. They Listen, Cam Newton, clearly, I, I don't know if he's going to be the guy or not, but he, he has to show. Hasn't done what he needs to do. And Tampa, look, Tom Brady, he, he's left the board there now. And finally, the Falcons. On paper, they they actually are the favorites to win next year, to win the South. I know they got the better quarterback. They got the better quarterback. So it's just 
it's just a matter of who's going to do what, who's going to make that splash in the offseason, who's going to do what they need to do to address whatever elephants they have in the room. Yeah, the, the problem you know, the problem with the Falcons is they just it's just Ryan. They don't have the weapons. Gage, yet yeah, Gage, okay. Kyle Pitts, okay. Uh, they got to figure right. out what they got to get, get Corderell Patterson back in and figure out if he's going to yep. be the first choice in the backfield or as a running back. And if he's going to be and if he's going to be a wide wide receiver, you got to get a running back in. And also, you got to also you got to bring in you got to bring in your uh, your eventual replacement. Not with the first round. But they need to figure, and they do have someone back there. But you know, they, you got to figure out that person is your guy, Philippe Franks. I think is still back there. They'll get AJ McCarron back off of injury next season. Got to figure out if one of those guys is, is going to be your long-term answer or your stopgap answer when Matt Ryan retires. You don't need a quarterback in the first couple rounds. But again, it's that same thing. Got to get line help, and we've been saying this for as long as as long as I can remember. Yeah. You know, well, when I think of Tom Brady, I think of Jay Z. You guys might like Jay Z and Tom Brady, they're about the same age. But I'm talking about there's a song that um, that Jay Z came out with back in 1996 called Can I Live? Which he used the old Isaac Hayes walk, walk on by beat, very happy beat. But in one of the lines, he Not says that uh, walk, walk on by beat. No. Is that what, what? Oh, no, 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 no. He says, We invite you to something epic, y'all know. When we hustle out of a sense of hopelessness, sort of a desperation, and through that desperation, we become addicted. Sort of like the things we're accustomed to serving. But, but we feel we have nothing to lose. So what we offer you, what we offer our lives. What do you bring to the table? And I look at like Tom Brady. That summarizes Tom Brady's career in a heart. In, in a nutshell, this man has spent his pretty much his entire adult life on the football field. Well, he spent half of his life on the NFL field. Right, half of well, yeah, exactly. My excuse me, my dad, in that case, he spent the majority of life in the football field. So we're talking about the majority of life and half his life on the NFL field. This man knows nothing else. I remember last year we made a comment about a former Dallas Cowboys. Um, who was who was the gentleman that that was there before Mike McCarthy got got, got there? Oh. Dan, what was the name? The guy, in, the, the guy in, in Green Bay, who Mike McCarthy? Jason played? Garrett. Yeah, yeah, Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett. Yeah. Jason Garrett spent his entire professional career at Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Just to get fired and no longer a part of that organization. You know, I can just imagine if Tom Brady, we're talking about 22 years, he, he's been in the league longer than some of those players have been alive. Yeah. So, when I got the news from Daniel that Tom Brady retired, I was surprised. Was, and just, and for to come out and say that, now he, he, he didn't officially say that. It's just that that's a narrative going on out there. I, I was surprised. I like, I, damn, that that kind of surprises me, you know, because he, you know, 
it, it kind of reminds me of the Brett Favre situation, but he seems he, he's a little more successful than Brett Favre. I'll so say. And, yeah. Well, and he didn't go out bad like Brett Favre did, you know, as far as the way the Northern Saints did Brett Favre in 2009. So it's like, and for him to finish his um, last, this season on such a, it was a high note, yet a sort of a disappointing note from his point of view. From his point of view. It was a pretty, it was a pretty high note if there anybody else, but for someone like Tom Brady to lose in the first round or in the first playoff game, we're not really used to seeing that. So, yeah, I was a bit surprised. And I think through the act of addiction and desperation, and the offering of his life that, and I don't want to make this man seem like Jesus, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I think that this man is coming back next year. I, I, I don't, I, I mean, this man has become a, a, a big, this man has been in the NFL, I think, the, 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 my entire adulthood. I can't remember a time as an adult that I haven't seen John Brady in the NFL. I remember the, the, from the first time that I was shocked when they beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. Two decades ago, so I, I think I think, and on top of that, he doesn't owe Tampa Bay anything. He doesn't owe Tampa Bay anything. But if I'm surprised, I'm pretty sure the franchise is surprised. Possibly, possibly. But you don't want to leave a franchise in shambles like that. You know, I mean, to a certain degree. You know, if, um, if if they can go off and you know give them time to, you know, get them a quarterback. And kind of, you know, you know, get, you know, kind of like get them back on their feet to a certain degree. You know, I, I guess. I, I say he doesn't owe the franchise anything. He delivers them three straight playoff performance, uh, three straight playoff appearances, and the Super Bowl. Oh, what are the two? The two straight, two straight playoff appearances and the Super Bowl. So you know, he doesn't owe anybody anything at all. He deserves to sit down and and kick up his feet and relax and feel with his family. He doesn't. It has been a. It has been an absolute delight to see that man throw the football, and I say that. And he's the same guy that delivered us the the most embarrassing and the most epic collapse in the most in humiliating, absolute humiliation. Yeah, something that Atlanta still hasn't lived down. Yeah, and, and people still haven't digested. It's like. It's like chewing gum. They say it takes gum uh, up to 20 years to digest. It might take longer for the Falcons, for, for Falcons fans and for us to get about 28. I know it will for me because it happened on my birthday. <laughs> so, uh, his birthday is coming up. I think mine is too, but his is coming up next week as well. But to, to, to do that, and it's not just be the only time that you made comeback. And and some people would say his if you want to really like put his best Super Bowl in perspective, you might have to go to the Seattle Super Bowl where they were down by ten, and Malcolm Butler makes an interception at the one yard line. Now, credit you can say that that was all on play calling, but. Brady still led them down the way, and they had a. They were down ten with like five minutes to go, and Brady brought them back. So it, it's just 
he has that clutch gene. Uh, of course, yes, he had three Super Bowl losses. Two of them happened to be to the Giants mm-hmm. and Eli Manning. Yep. Just, just teams that just every every quarterback has a team that they just can't solve, or a, a particular quarterback that they just can't solve, or a particular player that they, they just can't get over the hump. And it, it's going to, to be that way. Look at Aaron Rodgers. His, his kryptonite, his his Achilles heel is the San Francisco 49ers. He's only four against them. Uh, look at Matt Ryan even. Matt Ryan's never beat at Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. He's never defeated Tom Brady in a postseason or in a uh, in a regular season game. And that's going to stick now. Yep. I mean, it's just, it's just that. And and when you talk about the three losses, I mean, listen, Eli Manning led back or, or probably against one of the greatest defensive lines in history, the Giants, in the improbable Super Bowl. He led a Patriots team to 18 straight wins in the regular season, but couldn't get that 19th because of that Giants front four. Right, and because of the of that lucky catch that Kyrie made off the helmet, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, and, and those were games. And then you look at the the other Super Bowl, I think it was twenty ten, that he lost to the Giants. The Eli Manning throw to Mario Manningham. Oh yes, I mean, Eli Manning all on the money, man. <laughs> and down the silence, what do you do with that? They had a great line there, and then the loss to the Eagles. The Eagles pulled out tricks and, and, and all sorts of stuff to beat the, the New England Patriots. They had a great defense, too. But, I mean, you know, yeah. I can't fault the man for three for those three losses. Yeah, does he have those losses? Sure he does. He does. But, man, nobody can equate to what meant to the NFL and how he started his career. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I keep thinking about that. Uh, where the catch off the helmet? You see the commercial where Peyton says, "You know, I would have caught, I would have hit him in the numbers." Just saying. Um, one of the one of the commercials that upon a slew well, that Eli, Peyton, Eli was Eli was uh, was hit was like corralled by like three de- like three pages defensive linemen. Yeah. If you and somehow got out of it and threw that ball in, <laughs> yeah, that, that was one of the best. That was one of the greatest offensive plays that we've seen. Was that was that the um, was that the Bless Cabers who caught that pass off the helmet? No, that was um, no. uh, um, that was Tyree. Yeah, David Tyree. David Tyree. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He shook off our three three linemen. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, it looked like he closed his eyes and he threw the ball. Probably did. Probably did. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, yeah, you can't fake that. Well, um, we got the giant. We got the uh, Niners and the Rams. I believe it's still no score as they get into the second quarter of action at SoFi Stadium as the Rams try to become the second team to uh, host the Super Bowl in their own facility. Buccaneers were the first. They did it last year. Now the uh, 
trying to make it a trend are the Rams, and we'll again keep monitoring that. John Morgan with Daniel Bolton and Leon Brown. We've talked the NFC, uh, AFC Championship Series, the greatness of Tom Brady, which may be over. It probably is, but we won't know until we get the official word from Mr. Brady himself. And again, talking about the NFC as well. We want to talk a little bit as we uh, get near the end of our show. I believe we have about 15 to 20 minutes left in our slotted time. 15 minutes. Is the Atlanta Hawks another team left for dead? And right at the same time, they have come back. They had a set, they're in the midst of a seven-game win streak. They just came from behind, defeated Leon's Leon's Lakers by a tally of one twenty-nine to one twenty-one. Behind, starting the fourth quarter in this particular game, came back. They're on a hot streak and they are winning it at home. This it's not so much that the Hawks have been bad; they've been particularly bad at State Farm Arena, at least until this part of the schedule where they've, won their, where they've won seven straight. And not only that, they have their next couple of games at home as well. And because of it, the Hawks have finally moved into postseason consideration. They are 10th in the Eastern, in the Eastern Conference. After being 12th or 13th, they were about three and a half games out. Now there they are. In tenth, having passed the Knicks, they knocked the. I'm sorry, passed the Wizards and the Knicks. They passed Washington. I believe they passed the Knicks yesterday. And now Washington is on the other side of them. The Celtics. They're a game off of them, and they are well. There's a big jump between six and seven. Brooklyn and Charlotte, two games separate them. So really, the Hawks are three games out. Well, but, but real. I'm sorry. They are. There's five. There are five games out of that sixth spot. Still plenty of time left in the regular season. We're not even at the All-Star break. We are past the halfway point. Uh, guys, what do you think has been the magic for Atlanta Hawks? Why is it always at the same time of the year? And is this start of a run that they can use to stay in the playoffs? You, you, go, ahead, you go ahead, Daniel. I got it. Okay. Uh, for me... You know, y'all, do y'all remember a couple of weeks ago, Cam Reddish was dealt? So you think it's, it's, a, it's addition by subtraction? Yeah, addition by subtraction, John. That's correct. But it was it was kind of a scary move for me, right? Because I, I, I thought that Cam Reddish was on his way. I thought that he was a guy that was needed uh, for us to contend. And when we traded him, I just didn't know what was going to be missing versus what was going to be a good thing. But I think the key deal here is Trey Young and John Collins are just playing at superstardom level. And congratulations to Trey Young uh, named, being named an all-star starter uh, this year. And right from the show, he's uh, third or fourth in the league in scoring. And he's been incredible the last couple of the games. He's incredible earlier today as he put up 36 on the Lakers. Now, of course, it was a LeBron James a no LeBron James Lakers. Now that's interesting because the Lakers had a back-to-back. I think they played Charlotte yesterday or the day before, and mm-hmm. LeBron didn't play then either. Correct. Yeah. And, and yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, LeBron. Yeah, LeBron. Right now, he is stated that he woke up a knee with, with soreness in his knee. Oh. And uh, he had an MRI, and they just said it's just swelling. So you know, Frank Vogel said that. Uh, you know, as long as the swelling is there, he won't be playing. 
Okay. That's what they're telling everybody on paper. On paper. On paper. Okay. In reality, oh, and, and let me tell you what's going on in reality. All right. They're, they're, they're evaluating everybody right now. It's that, that, that trade deadline is coming up in about uh, 11 days. Now, what we do know about um, there was no Anthony Davis and there was no Dwight Howard. There was no, um, and there was no LeBron James in Charlotte. Russ Westbrook has a 35-point explosion. Now, granted, we lost the game, but it was a close one. And um, DeAndre Jordan got about 20 minutes that last game. So, you know, we're, right, right now, we're, we're just pretty much, um, we're, we're in a mode of evaluating, uh, evaluating everybody right now. Um, we're going to see if Russell Westbrook is still Russell Westbrook, maybe putting DeAndre Jordan display, so therefore we get some type of trade piece from or if we're going to keep him. So, I'm going to take one that one. That's the Hawks, everybody. Yes. All right, so decisions have to be made. Are the Hawks buyers or sellers? It looks like they're go- they might be buyers because now the Hawks have a back-to-back at home, play to L.A. Now they get Toronto coming in tomorrow. and if, or Yeah, tomorrow. And if they can make it eight in a row, well, Toronto's only six and a half games back. They can make that up and tie the Raptors, move into ninth place possibly in the uh, – in the conference standings. And this is where you get in terms of what they say, control your own destiny, which really by, by its very nature, a person cannot control his own destiny. That's simply an impossibility. What is true is that you keep your position. If you win and you lose your position, if you lose. So if you, so right now, if you win, if you stay at 500, you're forcing yourself to be the pursuit. You're putting yourself in the position of being pursued. So if you can keep your record above 500, win more than you lose, it will take a very strong effort by teams behind you to catch you and pass you. So that's what we're in the playoffs. So right now, now that they're in the playoffs, if the Hawks win more than they lose they will stay in. So the Hawks have to avoid the things that they, that plague them in the first part of the season, namely the five-game losing streaks, the six-game losing streaks. You've made up your ground. So now you have to play consistent, slightly above 500 basketball, and you're going to and you're going to be at least in the post in that play-in tourney or possibly in the top 6. So Look at this, and then and then look at this, and just alluding to what you're saying, John. Take the case of the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets two weeks ago were the number one seed in the East. They were the be- they had the best record in the East. They're now six, mm-hmm. with two, and they're two and a half games actually out of first place. And the Miami Heat are the number one team, right? But for the last two weeks, the Chicago Bulls have been steady in that one-two hole. So it, it was lose to what you're saying. If you continue to win, then you will be, uh, then you will stay in the spot that you're in. Right. If you continue to have a, a, an impressive winning streak, then you're good to go. Yeah. And the Hawks have the second longest winning streak in the NBA behind the Phoenix Suns, who have been just a staple. Who are just they're just showing people that listen. Last year. We're looking to get back. We, we need to run this thing back because we, we, we allowed Giannis to beat us in that finals, and we need to run this back. 
one more time. And they've won nine in a row, Phoenix. And they're three games up on Golden State, who's won five in a row, including the victory over uh, Brooklyn Saturday night. So it, it's like you said, John, keep winning. Keep winning. The, the Hawks were in 12th place, and everybody was like, they're not going to make the playoffs. And if they keep going on this roller coaster, if the, if if they could just ease that and and not be on the not be on the roller coaster that loops, but instead you're on the screen machine. Yeah, don't avoid you know? the big losing streaks, the three game, yeah, the four game losing streaks. Uh, exactly. Keep them at one or two, exactly. but more importantly, keep your winning percentage at say five fifty. Even 575, I mean, yes, yeah, 600 would be great, but, you know, yeah. you, you don't want to peak at the wrong time. I'm saying make it 575, 550. You know, right around in there. Just be consistent and you're in. You know, just if they could just get a couple more victories, honestly, if they can get a couple more victories, get a bit of a cushion between the 10 and 11, they'll be good to go. And this is the time to do it. you got a five-game... I think a five-game homestand, currently in the midst of it. They have one more West Coast trip left, I think. And now that they've won a lot, and now also that the Falcons are done, Georgia's done in terms of football, Hawks are the only game in town right now. Now they're winning. State Farm is jumping, something that it has not been done all season. Now it really is a home arena advantage. We've gotten back to what has been happening last season. We're finally back there. And as long as nothing else distracts from it, you know, they'll be good to go. They'll be, they can really get that cushion they need to kind of coast their way in. Still a lot of time left in the regular season, three more months at least, maybe a little more than that. Still plenty of time. But, again, you got, you're right where you need to be. Get the cushion, play 500 ball, and you're in. Yeah. You know, interesting about the Nets, they reported that James Harden is unhappy with Brooklyn. I, yeah, you, you gave it. Yeah, you, you sent us that. And then James Harden's trying to get to Philadelphia, I think, is where you told yeah. us. Is where you told us he wanted to go. Yeah, he's got friends over there in Philly. Yeah, that's the reason why. Go ahead, Leon. I, I'm, I'm interested to hear you on this. Yeah, I, I think this has a lot to do with the mandates that Brooklyn, has, that, that New York has, that is not allowing Kyrie Irving to play during the home games. Yeah, that yeah. Is, le is leading James Harden to want to abandon ship. I think so. Okay, well, again, this will be a bad look on James Harden in terms of he, for him to, as you said, abandon ship. Um, I mean, it's not, and it's not like Brooklyn is cratering by any stretch of the imagination. As, da as Daniel mentioned, they're two and a half games out. They're still a comfortable six games out on the um, out of the playoffs. So I, th I think Brooklyn is probably it's going to it's going to take a major collapse for Brooklyn to get to be knocked out of the playoffs. But it's now it's just a matter of whether or not you want success in the playoffs. And this is where Kyrie Irving's stand is getting a little convoluted. Yes, he's taking a page. He's taking he's basically taking his page from Aaron Rodgers in terms of he doesn't want to take the vaccine. And, and again, that sets up that whole that whole rabbit hole. But if you look at the Nets, the Nets are putting out PSAs 
promoting vaccine use. And I don't know if that's a directive from the team, but I, I, that's a directive from the team. Uh, one of their players came on, uh, is doing an ad for New York stations promoting vaccine use. And Kyrie Irving doesn't want to take the vaccine. And because of that, as Cooper Cup just gets into the end zone, L.A. on the board, 6-0, about halfway through the second quarter. And you don't know, and again, you don't know what that's doing in the locker room. You don't know what the where things are in terms of that. Are they standing up for Kyrie Irving, or are they thinking, hey, he's selfish. Uh, you know, the vaccine isn't that big of a deal. Why doesn't he want to take it? It's one of the, it's it's kind of one of those things. All Kyrie Irving has to do to solve this situation is take the vaccine, and instead he's putting his team through a lot of controversy, a lot of trouble. I think it's just a little bit of a distraction right now. And your best player, one of your best players, is off the court for a lot of your home games. He can only play in selected cities on the road. Um, it's it's not it's not a good look for and if Harden is looking for an out for an escape right now, it's not looking good for him in terms of okay the first time things look bad I want out. That's I mean that is what does that tell your teammates? That's saying hey, you're supposed to have the ba- have their back through thick and thin, not when things are are all rosy and sunny. I can respect that even better. That's just being real, man. I, I never, I mean, I thought about it that way, but the way John put that into the perspective of it, yeah, that is the case. And listen, nobody is saying that you can go against your own beliefs and the fourth. But remember when this team got assembled, what, three years ago? Mm-hmm. And we were saying, oh, the league is in trouble. And they had about, you know, once Durant gets back, the league was going to be in serious trouble. And they they couldn't stay healthy for one because all three of them couldn't stay on the court. At the same time, Harden had a hamstring injury. Uh, Irvin even had an injury himself. All three had some sort of lingering injuries that kept them out. And they ended up losing in the division, uh, in the divisional, in the uh, quarterfinals, or in the uh, in the Eastern Conference semis to the eventual champion, Milwaukee Bucks. And you just go back and you look at it, and it is such a huge bust. Imagine if that Miami Heat team with LeBron, D Wade, and Bosh never won an NBA championship. That's what this is actually turning out to be. Well, imagine oh. if, if that Daniel, Daniel, yeah, right. not to cut you off, not to cut you off. We're gonna remember, remember. Let's remember your point. Worse, worse, worse. Imagine that day, Miami Heat team, led by by LeBron James, never reached the Eastern Conference Final. No, yeah. oh, that's, oh, that's even worse. Sometimes worse. Imagine that. Like, that's what we're heading toward. If if Brooklyn doesn't figure something out here and doesn't get it together, but if they let this guy walk, if they let Harden walk, then that's what it's going to be. This team was built to bring a title to Brooklyn. That's what this team was built to do. And just imagine that, man. And remember when, when 
when the Warriors got together, they were in the NBA Finals every year, as long as it was Cleveland and LeBron on the other side. Yep. They gave us the rivalry that we were looking for. And with Brooklyn not even contending in the Eastern Conference, it's a shame. Oh, man. Is, is this right here be a worse um, bust of a big three than um, Russell Russell, Carmelo Anthony, and when Paul George, when, when, when they assembled um, about, what, about four years ago? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they call that the worst big three because they were put out in the first round. Right. Hold on, which one? Big three? Carmelo Anthony, Paul George, Russell Westbrook. And you see, here's my thing with, with that big three. Yeah, they, they did get put out in the first round. It, I, I do agree with that. But I, I've always said that Russell Westbrook will step in his own will step on his own shadow. And he will step in his own way. It doesn't matter who he plays with. He's going to step in his own way until he can understand and he can kind of cool down. If he slows, if he learns how to slow the game down on a consistent basis, I've seen him slow the game down before. If he can learn to, to, uh, to slow the game down, man, he could have been an NBA champion already. Yeah. And, that, and that's just me. I'm not pinning this. Now, I'm not pinning this, this Lakers, this current Lakers run on him. All on him. He's got something to do with this. But if you thought that you would have put together, they are the oldest team in the league. And they're showing it because they can't stay healthy. And Davis has been out. LeBron James, they put up an interesting stat on him. First 15 seasons uh, for uh, LeBron James, he only missed 71 games. The last four seasons, this was before the Hawks game, he missed 71 games. That's telling me, and that's telling everybody that, uh-oh, there's father time. Yeah. There it goes. And like you alluded to earlier, uh, Leon, about his knee, and, and Frank Vogel saying, hey, listen, I'm going to sit him out until until that knee is is not, doesn't have any swelling in it. You couldn't have told LeBron James that, uh, uh, what, 10 years ago. Right. Yeah, he would have. Yeah, man. And he said he woke up with that feeling. He didn't. It didn't happen. It wasn't a game-related incident. It was the fact that he woke up on the way to the Philadelphia game. Like, oh, I can't go today. See what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, that, yeah. Well, we're gonna have to leave it there, guys, as our time has run out here on this edition of the Last Few Guys Do a Podcast. You can catch Daniel and myself Tuesday night on the NFHS Network. Pace Academy has their boys senior night as they host Kip Academy. Girls game starts at 5.30. Boys game at 7. Daniel handled the call of the boys game last Tuesday against Washington like a pro. So congratulations for Daniel for handling that call. And uh, Pace trying to wrap up a successful regular season. The girls will have one more game. That is on against, I think, uh, Coretta Scott King on February 8th. Not sure if we're going to do that game or not, but the game coming up on Tuesday the 1st. We will be there, nfhsnetwork.com. Hope you can tune us in for that. And the three of us will get back together at Leon's in one week. We'll discuss Super Bowl predictions and more 
Thank you very much for listening to us. Thank you very much for watching us on Facebook. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And we are going to keep producing podcasts even if Joe Rogan is still on the platform. So that's just how we roll. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. This has been The Last Three Guys to Do a Podcast.